0: It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your Lawn and Garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. It's 7.08 on a Saturday
1: morning. Welcome, friends. I'm glad you're here. This is Lawn and Garden. I'm Walter Rees, the Georgia Gardener, here to help you be more successful doing whatever you want to do in the landscape and making sure you at least try to avoid some of the mistakes that can be made. And speaking of that, we got Michael in Rockdale County. I've got some good advice for his blueberries. Hey, Michael, good morning.
2: Hey, good morning. Um, We uh, got this blueberry tree um, when it was young from Lowe's, Mm -hmm. and we put it in our yard. And it did good after about two years. I guess it needed to get a good rooting system. And then we moved, and we moved it to another location, more of a shady area. Yeah. And we put it in a corner of um, a chain-link fence where we had it from the beginning, but we put it back in another corner of a chain-link fence. Yeah. I mean, is that a good location? Shade.
1: uh, If it's in the shade, the more shade you have, the less berries you'll have. Let's put it that way. So if it's in full sun, perfectly happy, put it in shade, and the output begins to decline because that's all a blueberry knows is put some sunshine on my leaves, I will make blueberries. I'll put sugar into the blueberries to ripen them, make them taste good. But uh, if you're in the shade, you're not going to have many blueberries.
2: Okay, so I probably need to wait until after the harvest, and then probably when it goes dormant, make it out. Sometime in the fall,
1: October, November is fine for me. Let me tell you something that really seems to make a difference, Michael. One of the requirements that a blueberry plant has, besides sunshine coming out of the sky, is that the roots be in a slightly acidic environment, and even more than slightly, just uh, down to the pH range of uh, 5.5 to 6, maybe. And the best way to accomplish that is to put peat moss in the planting area when you're about to move it this fall. And so get okay. um, peat moss from a garden center, and usually I mix about a cubic foot of peat moss into an area five or so feet wide, and just stir it in. Take a shovel and stir this peat moss into the soil. That'll drop the pH down, and it keeps the soil um, well aerated, so it drains pretty well. And the blueberries are deliriously happy. If they have some sunshine, they put the, the right pH, a little sunshine, a little fertilizer maybe, and you got blueberries.
2: Okay, yeah, because we use that um, fish fertilizer to yeah. get it. It comes in a white bottle and spray it on there. Uh, it did pretty good in that full sun. And, I mean, I didn't really do too much maintenance on it. Mm-hmm. I it just sprayed it with that fertilizer about every two weeks. And, well, I mean, we had tons of blueberries last year. And <laughs> when we uh, moved, I just put it in this other area. Yeah. So, all right. And one more question.
1: Real quick, real quick.
2: Okay. Do I need to have two blueberries next to each other for more blueberries or one
1: yeah, okay. generally speaking, if you have rabbit-eye blueberries, that's a sort of broad category of blueberries. And Uh-oh. if it's a rabbit-eye blueberry, they almost always need another variety nearby so they get better pollination between the two of them. Uh, I appreciate the help, man. Great talking to you, Michael. All Thanks right. for calling. One All of the right. things that I wrote for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution for this past week is that the blueberries that... They come first. Let's put it this way. If you have a blueberry bush right now and you have a cluster of berries, and there usually will be one, two, three maybe that are turning a nice, deep, dark, ripe purple. And then behind them, within you know a couple of inches, there are several green, very green, very hard, not very big blueberries themselves. And I wrote in the AJC that this situation is caused by underfeeding the blueberry. It just doesn't have enough resources In the in the roots and leaves to Ripen all the fruits at the same time And you can fix that real quickly As Michael sort of alluded to by making sure you Fertilize regularly. Blueberries are Pretty heavy feeders when they start um, Putting berries on and when the leaves Start turning yellow, sort of chlorotic And they look so good. It's almost always because Of underfeeding. So if you use One of the slow release fertilizers The espoma the holly tone or Milorganite, uh, cottonseed meal Things like that mixed into the soil when you plant they get a good dose of fertilizer as well as the aeration and the effects i mentioned already about peat moss so don't don't be skase, as my mother said don't be skase about fertilizing blueberries they need some feeding during the summertime so that all the berries come on and get ripe around the same time and so the leaves don't turn yellow and get get chlorotic my phone number again 404 carlos is down in griffin and joins us on lawn and garden
0: carlos hey yeah. man good morning Hey, good morning, Walter. Thank you for taking the call. I got two uh apples and uh pear trees and and the fruits are, are still small. I planted them about four and a half years ago and, and they informed me that after about two and a half years I would see some fruits. Well, yeah. I see some fruits but they're not they're not <laughs> even big enough to eat. So do I have do I water them or? Or do I go to Home Depot and buy some of that uh, Miracle Grow and spray them with water, or what is your recommendation?
1: How, how, how much have you fertilized them before then?
0: Uh, I, I when I when I planted them, I started to water them and fertilize them, mm. you know. But uh, I stopped as they they grew up, you know.
1: You probably need more fertilizer. They're not as heavy a feeding plant as a blueberry is, as I described earlier, but apples and pears, they need a little fertilizer, especially when they're young, when they're making new leaves, sort of establishing the uh, branch system on the plant, then they need some fertilizer. And the ones that I mentioned already, the Milorganite, Espoma, Holly Tone, uh, some of the J.B. Stone stuff that Pike sells is great, Uh, but they need fertilizing, particularly when they're young, like right now, and the one best thing you can do for fruit-bearing trees is to mulch the ground underneath them all the way out to the tips of the branches, out to the, uh, the drip line there. So if you've okay. got a little bit of mulch around the base of the trunk, that's not really helping anything, but you want a lot of cool root area underneath the tree and even a little further than the branches extend, and That really makes an apple or a pear happy.
0: Okay. All right. Now, would you recommend to just water every day, continue to water them, or just... Not really.
1: I mean, this is really gut instinct, I guess, Carlos. We are trying to keep the soil moist, but not make it soggy. If you water every day, I'm scared it's going to be real soggy, or you won't put enough water down in the top inch or so of the soil. Is what gets all the moisture, and the roots down below that don't get anything. So, you know, it's hard to say. In the summer like this, where the rains come and the rains go away for a couple of weeks, and they come back and they're real heavy... Like I said, it's more of a gut instinct call where you say, man, it had not rained for four or five days. I'm going to go out and water the fruit trees. That's fine. But if it's rained, like today, if you get a good heavy rainstorm, you really don't need to water again for uh, three or four or five days probably. Okay.
0: All right. Now, so go to a nursery pike tree uh, uh, and get some fertilizer or... Home Depot. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. And generally speaking, there'll be some that are just called landscape fertilizer, and the one that a lot of people use is ten, 10, 10. It's got phosphorus and nitrogen and potassium, and that's what a plant needs. And uh, depending on how big your tree is, if it's how tall would you say it is right now, Carlos?
0: i say it's about 12 feet tall.
1: You could do about a Pint and a half sounds about right you got a pint and a half of 10-10-10 Not sprinkle up near the trunk Because again that's not where the feeder roots are They're out at the drip line and beyond So a pint and a half of 10-10-10 Sort of scatter it very loosely on the ground If you can water it in or get it done Before it rains maybe either way works But that 10-10-10 is going to help the tree Have more leaves More leaves means more likelihood of having fruit Next year if you don't have any now
0: Okay alright well, I it has fruits but they're small. They they're they're kind of fruits that when you yeah. when you see them they start growing. Yeah. Uh you know you I, I don't you, you can't eat them but uh they're you know they're 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 hanging on a branch right. and the branch is just sogging down.
1: Well I mean you, another thing to think about is thinning fruit this breaks your heart when you do it but if you've got a lot more fruit than the tree leaf surface can support you can thin the apples thin the pears to about one fruit for every five inches or so on a branch. Don't let them have okay. clusters of three and four and five apples together or pears together because that just is something the tree doesn't have the capacity to to ripen up and so if you thin it a little bit you'd be a lot happier with the type of fruit and how sweet it is and that sort of thing at the end of the Season when you harvest. All
0: right. I'll, I'll do that then. All right. All right. Thank you very much. I you bet, Carlos. It. Thanks
1: for calling. All right. Coming up in right. the next half hour, we got Angela and Marietta who's going to talk about her friend's tree that has the boars. Brad and Bogart has old stumps that are rotting and needs to know some advice about taking care of that. And you can call us at 404-872-0750. And don't forget, you go to my website, walterreeves.com. A lot of helpful articles and pictures and things like that there. And while you're there, you can subscribe to my free email newsletter. It comes out every two weeks and has all sorts of pictures and situations and twin cucumbers and things that people have sent to me that they want to know what's going on and how to fix it. So that's at walterreaves.com. You can type, you can uh, click on the Twitter feed. I have at Walter Reeves is my Twitter name and you can uh, hear my tweets or read, I guess, my tweets, not hear them. You can, uh, if you're part of Facebook, you can like the Georgia Gardener, all this again at walterreaves.com. You get some details on the Cuba trip. I'm going down to Cuba for the fourth time. This coming up uh, October, and if you want to know more details about that, that's on the front page as well. So a lot of things you can get from WalterReeves.com if you don't get your questions answered here on a Saturday morning. It's 718 at News
0: Talk WSB. You're listening to Lawn and Garden. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellis weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend, and the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves, the lawn and garden advice you need. And a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. It's going to be
1: a little relief from the heat today. Highs in the mid-80s maybe, which is a lot more pleasant than the mid-90s we had during the past week. And an 80% chance of rain pretty awesome. I said I'm clinging to my 80% chance of rain. Overnight lows in the low 70s. Your full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Angela is in Marietta and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Angela, good morning.
3: Good morning, Walter. How are you? I'm fine. How can I help? Well, I have a dilemma with my fringe tree. It's a a beautiful, mature tree. Um, I noticed in the spring that there were suckers that were coming up on the inside of the tree. Yeah from all three trunks. And I intended to prune those out then but things came along and I didn't do it. We were away when I came back they had grown and it looks like a pretty little tree right in the middle of this French tree. Hmm. And in the meantime I noticed that the the older part of the tree at the top was getting very sparse. Hmm. There's some bare branches there and when I looked a little closer at the trunk I found borers in there.
1: What was the symptom of borers? What did you see?
3: it just holes all in the hmm. all in the um the trunk.
1: Yeah, but that could be sapsucker woodpecker holes too, which wouldn't do any damage to the smoke to the uh fringe tree at all.
3: Well, they are they're all real low. Um, yeah. And and all I mean it's, I know it's not well actually I called um I called the extension service and the young lady with whom I spoke Asked me to send pictures, which I did. Sure. And she was real perturbed. She couldn't really understand what was going on with this tree. And so she researched it for me and she talked to, um, well, I told her that I had seen the holes in the trunk and that I, I assumed that was borers she thought it might be ambrosia beetles which it is not because it doesn't have the
1: toothpicks. I mean what it sounds to me like Angela is that the tree for some reason we haven't decided yet what for some reason it's undergone stress and one of the first places that a tree will try to heal itself when it has stress on the roots from getting dried out or something else is the newer growth. The newer growth sort of turns over and dies and then the tree tries to conserve itself through its middle part and those sprouts that you had down at the bottom just sort of tails more and more that this tree has had a lot of stress on it for whatever reason, recently. Right. So I'll give you the advice that I gave the guy with the apples and pears and a couple more this morning. Mulch the tree, water appropriately, water so the top six inches or so is moist but not soggy. Not Don't let it dry out either between uh, waterings. And mulch if you can all the way out to the drip line of the limbs because that is going to make the French tree a lot happier and it can withstand stress if you do that. And if you don't, then I guess there's always a possibility that it just either all dies to the ground or has just a very sort of gnarled appearance to it because different parts of the tree have died due to the stress. So let's get rid of the stress first. Call me back next uh, May or so, and we'll see if anything hasn't improved for you. Thanks for calling, Angela. Coming up in the next half hour, Chad has his plum tree is dropping fruit, and the fruit is oozing. And I certainly have an answer for that. Jimmy in uh, Cleveland has native azaleas he wants to raise up. Not like Lazarus, but he just wants to raise him up out of the ground. And James and Covington has a peach tree with really, really sparse leaves. We'll talk to them and maybe you, 404-872-0750. We'll be back after news.
0: The Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And
1: now, here's Walter. 7.36 on a Saturday morning, 71 degrees outside. This is Lawn and Garden. Walter Reeves, the Georgia gardener, here to help you be more successful in whatever you want to do in your landscape or with your trees or vegetables or flowers or fruit trees or anything else you want to ask a question about. Our number is 404-872-0750. Jimmy in Cleveland has a project in mind, What's a little advice on it.
4: Hey, Jimmy, good morning. Good morning. About 15 years ago, I had to build a small retaining wall and filled it in about six feet of dirt. Mm-hmm. And, uh, through the years, it has uh, compacted, and I need to put in about another foot of dirt. But the problem is, I've got two native Azaleas, I, I guess they've been there for seven, eight, ten years, sure. about uh, six feet tall or so, and I think if I put a foot of dirt around them, it would probably <laughs> kill them.
1: They're going to be not happy at all. Yeah, I think almost 100% and, you kill them, yeah.
4: Can I, if I had two or three other people helping me, uh, kind of raise those up?
1: You can. So am if I to lose
4: too many roots?
1: If you have a way of... I think you're going to have to excavate all the roots. I don't think there's any way just to raise the middle and leave the roots sort of hanging around it. Mm-hmm. But if you had some helpers and two or three spading forks is what I would recommend rather than shovels, go uh-huh. around the native azalea just sort of loosening the soil very gently until you finally loosen it enough that you can pull it out of the ground almost bare rooted out of the ground and the roots will go five six feet on either direction from the from the trunk but just very carefully and not trying to break any records or anything just go yeah. in and loosen the soil loosen the soil loosen the soil without damaging the roots so much with a with a spading fork and then two of you get you know side by side grabbing the trunk and uh, bring it up out of the <laughs> ground you know and hopefully you've got a new place for them Prepared, and you just sort of drag it over to the side of the yard where you're going well, to plant actually, it again and plant the, it again. It's
4: the same place, but again. yeah. Oh, and just They're like yeah. Lazarus, uh, raised up. Uh, <laughs> just put it like put that. it
1: off to the side. Keep it moist. I mean, whatever time passes between when it's out of the ground and when it gets back into the ground, the roots dry real quickly. So you wrap it with newspaper, or, uh, wet uh, old sheet, or something like that. And keep the roots from drying out.
4: Would it be better to do it in November or December? Oh yeah,
1: oh yeah, a lot better. If you can wait till after the leaves are off of it, you'll have almost no problem at all.
4: Okay, very good. I certainly do appreciate it.
1: Sure, thanks. Thanks for calling, Jim. Mm-hmm. 404-872-0750 gets you into take Jimmy's place. Chad is up in Canton, Georgia. Hey, Chad. Good morning.
0: Good morning. How you doing? I'm fine. How can I help? Well, I have a June plum tree, but I don't get any plums in June, and it seems like all the plums Mm -hmm. fall off. Yeah, Um, They fall off small, and when I pick them up off the ground, it almost looks like there's a pinhole where it's like, I don't know if it's sugar or sap, it almost looks like a raindrop on the side of the plum, but it's sappy, so I'm assuming that's sugar, so I don't know if it's a a bug, an infestation, or what?
1: It Um, is a bug. So you're right on the first thing. The holes that are made in the side of fruits like peaches and plums, sometimes apples, it's mostly peaches and plums, are affected by an insect called the plum curculio. And it has a a real sharp little nose, little spigot kind of thing that it sticks out of its uh, mouth, and it pierces the skin of things that are nice and soft, have soft, thin skins on them, like plums and peaches. And it sucks out some of the juice, and then it goes its merry way. But what you find is the ooze coming out of the wound that's been made. Yeah, And the curculio also can lay eggs sometimes And so if you see, instead of a little round hole But you see sort of a C-shaped It'll be a very distinct C-shape Up next to the stem That's where the female curculio puts her eggs And that develops into a worm And people often call me and say Hey, I got peaches, but they got worms in them Or plums with worms in them And that's oh. the curculio trying to reproduce itself Either way, curculio, bad We don't want any curculios on our plum or peach trees
3: Okay, so how do I deal with
0: that? Is it a pesticide I could spray in a lean? Yeah, so, yeah gonna, you
1: gotta, uh, you got to start early. This is the key to curculio control on peaches and plums, is it needs to start sometime back in mid to late April, after they flowered. You don't want to hurt honeybees or anything, but after they flowered, spray with You're not going to get great control With Captain Jack's dead bug brew It's organic, you might get some control Neem oil give you some control The uh, better uh, Synthetic insecticides Some ortho and bayer will give you Even better control than the two organic things But the real key is start early Start before the population builds And the population is building all the way until now When the fruit is about uh, the size of A ping pong ball, golf ball, something like that
2: Yeah, that's the
0: size that they're falling off A ping pong ball Yeah Way too soon.
1: Curculio. That's what Curculio.
2: you're looking for. Yeah.
1: <laughs> if you wanna look on if you wanna look on my website, I've got some more directions and sort of a life cycle description and some other stuff at Walter Reeves.com. Curculio, Curculio. C U R C U L I O. All right. Thank you. I appreciate yeah, that right for it me. Thanks for calling. Have a good one. There. If you want to grow peaches and plums in Georgia, you best be thinking about what your spray program is going to be. It's almost impossible to grow peaches and plums in Georgia without some sort of insect and disease control program. And again, got that stuff at WalterReese.com. But... um, they're just very susceptible to either diseases or insects that want to eat them up or suck things out of them, that sort of thing. Coming up, in the the next two or three or four years, I'm going to have more and more and more calls about stink bugs on peaches. even get them now, anyway. Uh, For stink bugs on peaches, the brown marmorated stink bug is coming to town. It's already arrived, and his friends are coming in the next couple of years or so, and stink bugs give the same damage as curculio, just lots and lots and lots of little holes in the fruit. And if you don't do something to control the stink bug, boy, oh boy, you won't have a peach or a plum anytime on your on your fruit trees. You've got to control them somehow. My friend Willie Chance says, if you buy a peach tree from the uh, nursery, when you go out with a peach tree in one hand, you need to have a sprayer in the other hand <laughs> because it is that hard to spray con- in consecutive years and get uh, good good peach or plum fruit on them because so many things. that love peaches just as much as you do. James is out in Covington and Newton County and joins us hey james good morning
2: hey how are you doing i'm all right what's up i've got a peach tree that is very thin mostly at the top yeah. down at the bottom uh, i think it was a graft it was a a red skin peach and i think that the bottom part is sapping some of the moisture from it it's well watered but the bottom seems more thick but the top is very thin right. and i got very few peaches on it
1: so you did you say you thought this was a grafted tree is that what you said
2: Yeah, because it's a red skin peach and it looks like the leaves and the branches that come in about four or six inches off the ground are different. The leaves look different than the Uh upper leaves a little
1: bit. Very good sharp eyes, good observation there. So your real question is how do I get the tree to be fuller and have more leaves, is that right? Yeah. You probably I don't know if you were listening a while ago I had a guy with apples and pears And then a call in between But I remember saying to him Mulch, mulch, mulch And that is what you need to do Mulch, mulch, mulch Fertilize with some 10-10-10 fertilizer And get more leaves on the tree If it can make more leaves It's more likely to survive winter More likely to bloom next year More likely to give you what you want But unless you have a happy tree You won't get anything So make them happy by mulching Okay, do I need
2: to cut the the ears? cut those off and just let the top
1: part. Yeah, yeah, I think so. They're the ones that are down low are just going to suck energy before it gets to the top of the tree. You don't want that to happen. So, yeah, cut the little sprouts at the base of the trunk away.
2: Okay, thank you.
1: Great talking to you. We'll see you soon. Bye-bye. At 745. we got Stacy in Kennesaw joining us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Stacy, good morning.
5: Hi, good morning. How can I help? I inherited some peonies bushes from the previous homeowner about bought my home a year ago
1: yeah
5: and they're gorgeous they're huge the flowers are are really really pretty but i believe it's gotten black spot all the flowers are gone but the the leaves have these spots all over them and yeah. the stalks have like they're turning yellow and i i don't know how to save them um. i don't want to kill them
1: You have it, because I have it, too, (laughs) on my peonies. Uh I know what it looks like. It's called Botrytis. It's a leaf and stem disease that gets on peonies pretty regularly. And Botrytis, honestly, in the three, one, two, three, I guess, years that I've had it on my peonies, it always seems to appear after the flowering. And so it doesn't take away from the flowering, but during maybe late May, early June, that's when everything turns black, or at least parts of the plant turn black. So this year, because I thought, well, it's not the whole plant involved here. Maybe I'll just prune out these black stems and leaves. And I did that and have not had any reoccurrence on the rest of the plants at all. So if it's not much of the plant involved, then just cut out the brown stems and brown leaves and put them in a compost pile or discard them completely and see if the rest of the plant can just be happy being green and growing during the summertime.
5: Okay, so you just, um, where do you cut them down
1: to? Just down to a green, whatever they come out of. Usually there's a line where the black starts and just cut down into the green part. Oh, perfect. It okay. would probably, and, and I, need to, I... I need to give you this advice too, Stacey. It's probably going to be a real good thing for me to tell you. To sterilize the blades of your pruner or scissors or whatever you use between uh-huh. sprayings, you can spray with a little alcohol or dip them in a bucket with Clorox in it or something like that. But that'll help to keep from spreading it and making more problems for next year.
5: Okay. And do I prune those back, though? No. after No, you just leave them. No, eat. they want
1: to be leaves. As long as they're green, that peony's happy. It's absorbing sunshine, putting it down in the roots, and that's what makes those big flowers in spring.
5: Oh, they're gorgeous. Yeah. All right, well, thank you
1: so much. Let, Let me give you something else, you Stacey. Them. Are these yes. peonies that die back every winter? Is that what yours do? Yes,
5: they do.
1: Because you like peonies, and because you're my friend, I will tell you something else you ought to try. Uh-huh. There are... Plants called tree peonies And tree peonies actually keep their structure During the the winter time They have limbs and things that you see Above ground, they don't die back all the way to the soil level And tree Uh peonies have a Completely different and I think even more Spectacular bloom than the herbaceous Peonies that you have do Uh So look around for Tree peonies. You may even look online. You see some really, really pretty ones, really, really expensive ones, but also real pretty. Yeah. And then there's a hybrid called an Ito, I-T-O-H, Ito hybrid that. Um, is it okay. Bartzilla, the one I bought at Pike? I bought one two or three years ago from Pike, and it had a big, beautiful yellow flower on it, and I've been so pleased with that that point, that uh, peonies over the last couple of years. It's been awesome. So look for other things besides the herbaceous peonies that you have, and I think you'll really enjoy your peonies even more.
5: Oh, thank you so much. I'm so excited I'm not going to kill them.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you're not close to killing them. I know for a really now.
5: long time if you take, you know— Lived, I read that they live for like 70 oh, years Yeah, yeah, something. yeah.
1: Peonies can be passed from family member to family member for 50, 60, 70 years, sure. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, yeah. thank you so much. You bet, Stacey. Drive carefully. See you soon. It's 748 at News Talk
0: WSB. You're listening to Lawn and Garden. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves, the lawn and garden advice you need. And a quick weather update
1: brought to you by Ackerman Security. Warm, wet, soggy perhaps. That would be really nice this weekend. Temperatures in the mid-80s. Over the day and then at night in the low 70s, your full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes. on so News 95.5, AM 750 WSB. Cindy is up in Johns Creek and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Cindy. Good morning. Good morning. How can I help?
5: I had a question. I, maybe about three months ago, we bought a silver dollar eucalyptus uh, from a nursery that yeah. had been trimmed to become more of a ground cover than a tree. Really? Yeah.
1: I've never and seen I that. That's neat. I, it, it
5: was Interesting to me too. Uh, they locked the top of it off it all, you know, the top of it off, and and was encouraging more of the of the side stems. Yeah. Um, I don't want it to grow that way. I want it to grow in a tree. <laughs> yeah. So my question for you is, what is the best way at this point to prune it to where it it encourages it to grow more as a tree?
1: Has it not already started sending up some sprouts in the middle to be vertical and be a tree trunk for it?
5: Sort of. Sort of. Um, the last time I looked at its top, um, it had, like, two—it it divided in two directions, yeah. and it looks like uh, one more so than the other, but it looks like it's trying to go upwards again, but there's so much, um, I guess, width to it. Mm-hmm. Um, The first thing I did, because I don't know really what I'm doing in this, is I put it inside of like a tomato cage to just kind of encourage (laughs) it to
1: go up instead of (laughs) out, but that's not working. All right. Here's what I would do, and you are going to observe this eucalyptus is going to be taller and taller and taller as the years go go by if it doesn't get frozen in the wintertime. I would cut the horizontal branches on it by about half. So if they're four feet wide, four feet long, I guess you'd say cut it back to two, leaving leaves on the plant but not allowing it to spread outward very much more and then just keep an eye on the sprouts that are reaching for the sky and the one that is most vertical leave it alone don't prune it don't do anything to it and the one that is sort of hanging out to the side at a different angle that one needs to come out and I think eventually you'll prune off all the horizontal branches because the top will be 30 feet high and have branches on its own
5: okay so I don't need to prim them, uh, trim prim them. Excuse me, all the way back to the trunk on the lower end of things. So no, I need I think to I'd leave take all half. of them on there.
0: About
3: half okay, of it them, take off.
5: Okay, and so when it splits at the top, I need to choose one or the other. I don't need to allow it to split.
1: You have it correct. That's exactly right.
5: All right, perfect. Do I still need to use the tomato cage to encourage? the <laughs> To
1: go <laughs> if it seems like the tomato cage structure is doing something to keep the vertical one vertical, sure. I've seen people use uh, bamboo cane to hold the middle of a tree up till it strengthens. Do whatever you think is uh, necessary on that, Cindy. But we do know you take off most of the lower limbs, and that will encourage the upper part of the plant to grow. Thanks for calling. It's 758, you're listening to Lawn and Garden. One, two, three, sleep.